We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thud, 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 thud. <laughs> Boomerang. Boom. Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. It is Wolf and Luke. Wolf, this is one of those days where it's a four-hour show, and I feel like we have about seven hours of content. Yes. Every time we hit the break, I'm like, ah, we didn't get to this. I wanted to get to this. I wanted... This what one, are you though. Blaming me? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I, I, I would okay, legitimately right. just have. Normally, I would blame you, but I legitimately <laughs> just have a lot of stuff to get to. It's Command and Control's fault. That's not any. It's Kevin Durant's fault for giving us so much to talk about. But this uh, Jay Williams, who you can hear on this show every week, but uh, obviously hosts the uh, the show with Keyshawn and uh, and Max as well. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max said this today, and my ears perked up when I heard it, Wolf, because this this is a a really Good way to describe what this connection between KD and Booker may end up looking like. And maybe it's been said somewhere. I'm kind of surprised I hadn't heard it yet, but but here it is. There is no excuse anymore for Devin Booker not to rise to that Kobe Bryant-like level because with KD on the court, everything about the reads Devin Booker sees, the opportunities he's going to get, the playmaking ability he has. Last night, I think he had seven assists in that game as well. It just opens up the floor for Devin Booker. His life is easier because of Kevin Durant. That right there. I'm not one to invoke the name of Kobe Bryant. Like you can, this guy's going to become Kobe Bryant. I think that's dangerous. I think, I think we saw a generation of players like that. Hey, this guy's the next Michael Jordan. Nobody ever was. And now you're getting the, Hey, this guy's the next Kobe Bryant. Nobody has been. But I will say this, Kobe Bryant identified Devin Booker early in his career. Remember he told him, be legendary. Yeah. It's written on shoes. Yeah. And, um, if anything would get, somebody to that level, it would be having the demeanor that Devin Booker has, the game that Devin Booker has, and all of a sudden, he has Kevin Durant to play off. See, here's the great news right here. Um, Jay Will, although I'm not disagreeing with what he's saying right here, this is such a media thing to do. Once There's no excuse for him to rise. We're all looking at Devin Booker. You know what, Book? Ignore the noise. Book's been fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. Ignore the noise that is out there. That that was an interesting way to frame it, as if he hasn't been playing well enough. We'll talk to Jay Will about that. We will talk to him about that. I'm going to ask him that. And and again, he's going to understand from a player's perspective right now. Hey, guess what, Buck? Don't worry about that. Don't worry about well, rise. There's no excuse for you not to rise I'm, to the level I'm of Kobe guessing, Bryant. I'm guessing Just, that was a figure of speech or maybe part of the conversation, because think how ridiculous that sentence is. You have no excuse to not be as good as Kobe Bryant. Yes. Like, oh, really? Yeah, but he said that. <laughs> I know. He, and, and this is some of the conversation that's going on, the narrative surrounding this team nationally. It's a pretty high bar to clear. I, it is. It's a, <laughs> it's what a very high. Kobe. Oh, that's, that's why I'm saying right now, Book just be you, man. Just keep focusing on being the best basketball player you can be. That that you don't have to be anybody else. You don't have to try to rise to beat anybody else. Don't even worry about that stuff. Book, book, just focus on you being the best basketball player you can be, and that's gonna be good enough. I would put almost zero stock in any Kobe comparisons except Kobe was one of the guys, he was the guy that really saw Booker and saw the game that Devin Booker has so early in his career and identified it and told him about it. And so the fact that Kobe signed off on Booker so early in his career, 
puts a lot more credence yeah. into it. You, you know what, what bothers me about this, my brothers, once again, this is something I talk to my son about all the time. Um, it's, not, it's about not skipping steps, period. When you say, you know, there's no excuse for him not to rise to the level of Kobe Bryant, you're, you're talking about the end result. He rises to the level of Kobe Bryant. The end result, the hay is in the barn. It, it's, it's not about that. It's not about the end result. Never, ever forget that, my young crunk brothers. It's not about the end result. It's about today and tomorrow and then the next day and the next and the next. You have to focus on the process. If, in fact, you want to get to the end and the end result, if you want to get there, you better focus on today. Not the end result today. And that's what I love about Devin Booker. He knows that. So, Jay Will, who we love on this show, and I respect him greatly, even though I would disagree with that, to me, what I love about it is it doesn't matter See, to Devin I, I Booker. Just, yeah, I don't, it doesn't matter to Devin Booker. I, I disagree maybe with the phrasing of how Jay Williams said it, and, and I hear what you're saying about, I mean, that's Jay's job, to look at, at what's, you know, what's, a big, what's, what's the big story. Could Devin Booker become Kobe? That's, that's going to get everybody <laughs> to listen. But... Setting There's aside how no excuse. Well, yeah, that's a weird Come way on, to say. Man. Setting aside how he said it, though, the potential that's here for Devin Booker kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. I think at least nationally, everybody's like, "Oh, Kevin Durant's there," and here we're all just like, we "Finally, get to see Kevin Durant on the Suns." What it potentially unlocks for Devin Booker is scary. Here's Booker after the game. Uh, it was a good time. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. Kev's somebody that I have high respect for, and you know, it's one of those moments that you know it doesn't really feel real. I'm gonna take it day by day, and you know, just watching him from a little bit closer, I can't say it far no more, but you know, it just brings the best out of everybody. There's a moment like late in the game between plays where those two just went up to each other and just like kind of started laughing. Yeah, like, no, can you believe this? Like, this is pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> oh, we got Chris Paul too. Yeah, right. It's pretty cool right here. We're going ahead, we're gonna score 60 together. That's what we're gonna do. They did. Here's Kevin Durant on uh, Bally Sports after the game on him and Booker combining for exactly 60 points. That's what we're gonna have to do to if we want to get to where we want to go is be efficient basketball players and you know be uh, aggressive on the offense and open it up for our teammates. I think Book, you know, with seven, eight assists tonight, we're opening things up for everybody as well as uh, scoring. And we're gonna need that going forward. One more from KD on Booker. Uh, yeah, he's just a man. He's just a pure basketball player. Somebody that works on this game and then to translate over to the real game. So he's uh he's one of a kind, man. He came out tonight. He missed some free throws, but you know, he came out tonight and got some some good looks up uh, and was able to lead us to this W. So uh, we try to build on this. He missed two free throws. That's didn't so he? nice, right there. That is, you know, what, 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 just say it, KD. I love you, Buck. Just say that. I love you, Buck. As you rip him for missing free throws. But he, I love what Devin Booker actually said, the cut you played before that, where he was saying, I'm going to focus. I'm going to take it day by day. That's exactly what He's you need to do. been doing that for eight years. That's exactly what he needs to do. Don't worry about the end result. Embrace today. That is um, something they, de- they need to do individually and then collectively, of course, as a team. Embrace the moment. Embrace the fact that everyone's saying, oh boy, this is it. Look out for the Phoenix Suns. They're good. They have a great shot of coming out of the West and winning the whole thing. Embrace that. And do it by focusing on the process, not the end result. 
But you're not really worried about that with Booker, are you? I mean, I, I can't remember a lot of star yes. athletes that he, this yeah. is his eighth year in the league. He's gotten steadily better every single year. And the environment around him has changed from being the worst team in the league and he had no hope. And the last two months of the season, none of his teammates were even playing because they wanted to get a higher chance at the number one overall pick to all of a sudden being a contender, to being in the NBA Finals, to being a 64-win team, to now having Kevin Durant out there. It has never changed Devin Booker. He just steadily gets better and better and better. There's nothing wrong with talking about it, though. I'm not a grave digger. People like to bury things. They don't want to talk about it. You know, don't ignore it. Um, I'm not a grave digger. If I'm Monty Williams, if I am James Jones, if I'm KD, I'm having conversations with Book about it to get your guard up because sometimes it can happen even to the best of them. Even the best of them. He's a human being. He's not an android. Are we sure? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. If he's an android, he is programmed to play basketball. Yes, he's a human being, susceptible, being the failed and flawed product that we all are. All right, we come back. uh, Back into football. The NFLPA released a team report card. So what are the players saying about the Cardinals? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay. Uh, This was you earlier in the show when your angry chair just fell over. Remember, it was missing a leg? Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> You're right. The chair fell. I thought you were so excited to talk about the Suns game last night that you broke the chair in your excitement, but you didn't. It was already, it was almost like somebody set up a trap for you, to be honest. Yeah, no, somebody did set up a trap, but to me, last night still, I'm buzzing over that and what I saw. Uh, we're obviously going to get back into that. Kellen Olson's going to join us shortly, but I want to get into this report card that the NFLPA put out. And I'm, I'm reading through the, uh, the letter by J.C. Treader. Um, this is the first year they've done this. The NFLPA putting out grades for every NFL team in eight categories. Let's see, it says treatment of families, nutrition, weight room, strength staff, training room, training staff, locker room, and for some reason the eighth one's not coming up. But either way, yes. they did it for eight categories, but they're only showing seven. Um, so they went through and they graded every team on every category, but it was the, the part of this that stands out to me is it's 1,300 players that weighed in on this. Yes. So this is not, hey, we got, you know, the lead reporter from each team to talk about it. Or, hey, we got this is some person blogging from Ohio about what they think. No, this, these are the players. And so to me, that carries a little bit of weight because, you know, free agency starts in a couple weeks. And this is just your this is your reputation around the league. Doesn't mean it's permanent. Doesn't mean it ultimately has to mean anything. But um, what'd you make of it? Yeah, for me, this has got to be put firmly into the negative column for the Arizona Cardinals. This is from the NFLPA, the players themselves, which you have to listen to. Whether it's fair or not, it doesn't matter. Uh, The players, of course, they listen to their union, and this is from the players, and that's the problem. But outside the image hit, I think the organization is going to take. I don't think it's going to do much going yeah, forward. The eighth category is travel, 
which the Cardinals got a B plus in. Um, <laughs> so maybe I should maybe I should focus on that one. Uh, they got they got a nice. Grade. I laugh at that because honestly, it's I'll get into it later. But that's just funny to me. Well, they got a B plus in travel and training staff. They got an A minus in strength staff. But they got a lot of Fs after that. And again, the only reason that I'm paying any attention to this is because it's from players. They got an F in locker room, an F in treatment of families, F minus in nutrition, weight room, and training room. I'm not saying this is all true. Yeah. I have no way of knowing Yo. it. <laughs> uh, but it's it's at least out there. And I'm reading the thing from J.C. Treader who said the point of this is to highlight the teams that they feel are really doing a great job and to sort of give a heads up to the other teams to pick it up, basically. Maybe the Cardinals will. Maybe they don't need to. You can't convince me a free agent's going to be offered $6 million by the Cardinals or $4 million by some team with a nicer weight room floor and be like, yeah, I'll take See, the $2 million hit because the weight room floor yes, looks cool. And there you have it right there. There you have it right there. This Could this influence where players are going to go during free agents? Yes. Do, do I still think money will be the deciding factor as to where a player is going to go during free agency? Without a doubt. This could be a tiebreaker. Without a doubt. A tiebreaker is a good way to put it right there. You're a mercenary. That's what you are. But it does also, it, it highlights the new culture that is being installed into the organization, doesn't it, my friends? It does. It, it, it highlights that. This is a new beginning this is a new start, I think, for the organization. And, you know, there has been a culture shift, and it is going on throughout the entire organization. This was something that Michael Bidwell was actually talking about back before they hired a coach. This, this systemic paradigm shift that was going to happen inside the organization, not just at the ownership level in the front office, of course, but all the way down into the locker room. So this is a new beginning. It is a new start. And it's going to be interesting to see where they are next year. Because I I would imagine this is going to be a year-to-year thing that's going to happen now in the NFLPA. It says right in here, and I I do think it's kind of interesting that the NFLPA is doing this. Um, But they said, I'm trying to read this specific part of the letter where they said they don't want this to be a one-year thing. That's... um, yeah, it says, we don't want this to be a one-year project. Our intent is to continue to field player opinions and feedback every year. And it says, as we have carefully noted, these club report cards are a snapshot of opinions during one period in time. And those opinions can change if the clubs make decisions that impact the player experience in the workplace. Yeah. So, again, I'm not getting caught up in specific grades of specific topics, but the Cardinals, I believe, ranked 31st overall in terms of grades. It's... It's something you can improve. If you're talking about improving your culture, this would be part of it. It doesn't, you know, if you're grading stuff relative to other teams, I mean, these are all NFL teams. I'm trying to figure out who has the best overall grades. Houston is graded pretty well, and I think they're picking second in the draft. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> take, take it with a grain of salt. Exactly. But still, um, you know, I have to get this off my chest. I'm Do sorry. It. Some players today, they, they seem to need the stars aligned. I don't want to be the old guy. Get off my lawn. I do not want to be that guy. Hear me when I say that, my friends. I'm serious about that. I I just, I don't know. Maybe it's society in general that I'm I'm just out of shape in regard to. I, I just, it drives me nuts. Yeah, I'm sorry. When I played 
in a gross simplification of the truth, my brothers and I cared about two things. Two things, and I'm not talking about my brothers, my older brother Greg and my younger brother Dale. I'm talking about my blood brothers. I'm talking about the guys that were out on the field with me in between those white lines. So much of the time, and it wasn't always a unanimous thing, of course not. You always had your outliers. You always will have your outliers as players. But my brothers and I on the field cared about two things, and that was playing football as hard and physical as you could possibly play it and getting paid to play football as hard and physical as you could possibly play it. For me, I'm sorry. That's what I loved about the game. And so many of the guys that played with me, they didn't have to have the stars aligned. They didn't have to have everything aligned. And this is this this report. (laughs) This report is having everything aligned. And yet I know that it matters to players today, Basinonians. I know that it does. And that's why it's important. That's why I'm putting it in the negative column, because if this is put together by players in the league, by the NFLPA, this this is not going to go away. This is something they're going to continue to do right now. And that's why I'll say it's it's I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on the Arizona Cardinals and what happens. But it is in the negative column. It's not a positive Because players do care about this stuff today. And it drives me nuts that they care about this stuff. It used to be all about the game, the game, the game on the field. Not everything that was around it on the field. Now you've got to have the stars aligned. It's just so much of our mentality today drives me nuts. I'm just being honest. Well, it, it kind of smacks of college football where it's like, uh, you can recruit me, but I don't know if your weight room is quite as nice as uh, as Alabama's or something. But the difference is players can't just up and leave every uh, every year in the NFL. And, and look, there's so many guys I played with are always looking for an excuse to not ball out. Can I just tell you that they, they were looking for an excuse to not ball out. And this gives everybody the excuse. Well, you know what? It's your weight room. I, I can tell you right now, if you went into the weight room for the Arizona Cardinals, you'd, you'd, you'd be like, okay, I've got everything here I pretty much need to do to actually get in shape. Get in shape to go out in between the white lines and jack somebody. But that's not what we're talking about here. It just it bothers me. You're saying you might want to go play for Houston because they are considered to have a nicer weight room? You're yeah. saying that you're going to alter you know your career you over that? Sit there, yeah, you sit there and you look at uh, how I'm going to travel and how where we're going to stay and how nice it is. And the, the Arizona Cardinals, by the way, actually got a decent grade on that one, right? How they travel. I hope so. The travel. Cardinals travel pretty well. So, you know what? You focus on that, dude. You go ahead and do that. You know what I'm going to focus on? Splitting your face on the field that's what i'm gonna focus on boy what about baltimore f minus training staff or strength staff what happened there that's that's for the ravens the cardinals had a nice uh, a minus and strength staff what i would say with this is um a i wish they would do a composite score that would make my job a lot easier instead of just giving the eight categories just total them up somewhere <laughs> but b you're just so anal the, the grades don't necessarily like this is not it's not a power ranking of teams. You know what I mean? 
Minnesota seems to have the best grades on here. Yeah. How many Super Bowls does Minnesota have? It's okay. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. uh, it's a tool. It's not the only tool. The Commanders rank last. Look, you focus on up. everything else, and I'll focus on bruising your sternum. What if they had that? Oh, the ninth category: sternum bruising. Would you be more inclined to read this? Man. Are, do you put more stock in this, though, because it's the NFLPA and not just a bunch of randos? Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Again, this is why it matters. It matters to these players today. That's why you have to care about it. But for me, drives me crazy. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Like this response coming from Jay. He texted in and said, teams are in trouble when KD leaves the floor so Book can check in. Yeah. You uh, you are right, Jay. That was one of the favorite, my favorite parts of the game last night. Hey, uh, Booker's leaving. Who's coming? Oh, Kevin Durant's coming in for him. Uh, we come back. What was Kellen Olsen's biggest takeaway from game one of the Kevin Durant era with the Suns? We're going to ask our own Suns guru next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I just see you out there, Kellen. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. Arizona Sports, our son's mega mind, Kellen Olsen, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. All right, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is our own Kellen Olsen. I don't even have to do an intro. Kellen's got his own intro, so I don't even have to say anything. No, I know. It's so cool, We've basically it? automated me right out of this segment. It's perfect. Driver. Uh, Kellen, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Mr. My Name's on the show. Watch it there. <laughs> also, I don't know why I'm yelling at you. I have a microphone in front of me. Um, all right, let's just go very, very, very big picture. You just watched Kevin Durant play his first game for the Phoenix Suns. What was the first thing that stood out to you when you were when you were leaving that yesterday? Uh, just what they were able to do when Devin Booker wasn't on the court. Uh, I added up both stretches where uh, Devin Booker was rested. Durant was in the game, and they were plus 12 over 12 minutes. And in those 12 minutes, Durant scored 16 points and shot 7 of 9. Uh, that was the stat I had in the recap on ArizonaSports.com. And it's some type of relief that the Suns have had, or they can look at and like look at something that could consistently happen. And the way that Monty can kind of stagger his rotations and look to use Durant going forward is in that kind of way. Or rest, they can have their other star player out and uh, offensive right. genius to his own. We lost Kellen. Yeah, we're gonna we're killer. gonna we're gonna recall. You're Kellen breaking up on us, killer. His phone is is so excited about what they uh, witnessed last night that you know, his phone's just has gone. Yeah, he's right about that though. I mean, I, I get it. It's so cool. Every time KD, to me, for the most part, came out of the floor, um, they were better. <laughs> They increased their lead every time he came out of the floor. And so much of the time, three of the four times he came out of the floor, they actually increased their lead um, to his point. And a lot of the time, he was out there without Book. Yeah, the fact that they can have one of them out there at all times, and then if they need to, they can just put them both out there at the same time, which is going to happen a lot. Um, there's not a lot of teams that can do that. There really, there really is not a lot of teams that have like true superstars that have two of them like that. Uh, Callan's back on the Arizona Sports Line. Callan, go ahead and finish your thought before we take you in a different direction. Hello, hello. Hi, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> Callan. Yeah, great, great to be here, everyone. Uh, yeah, so I think that they had that with Chris Paul to a certain extent with the second unit, but he can't just go out there and create offense on his own. The 
the four baskets that Durant scored in the fourth quarter were just four baskets where the defense has no shot unless they like triple team him. I think like, I don't know how you're supposed to stop most of what he does offensively. So to have that kind of instant offense to come in is just a game changer. And even against a really bad team in a game that they would have won either way, it, it, it really showed to me. Killer, what did you see on the defensive end of the floor with KD out there? I was- the whole like they just look so much bigger out there with Durant, like because he's a legit. He's not only a legit seven footer, but he's so long. I had someone tweet at me that the length that Durant has, and how big he is, it's like if you took Mikel and put him in a tappy stretcher. That was one of my favorite <laughs> tweets I got last night because he's just he is so long. There was one defensive possession I included in the recap where he was sort of helping off of his man and cutting off a driving lane. And the drivers basically had to decide, like, okay, am I going to try and drive through that and try and get, like, not get stripped, or am I just going to pass out? And they kept passing out, and then there was a shot clock violation. And then, of course, we saw the two blocks at the rim that were on Charlotte Center, and whenever we would see DeAndre Aiden switch in the past, it would be one of those situations where Jay Crowder or Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges, whoever, would be fighting like heck to, to fight with that center. They would have to over-rotate. They would have to start to do some other things there off the ball to kind of help compensate for that. But Durant can just take that matchup and then block the shot even. Like, he's he's a very, very good defensive player, and I'm really excited to see over the next couple of games specifically how it looks. Chicago's coming up on Friday. They've got some good weapons. Of course, Dallas on Sunday is another one, and they've got a pretty tough regular season schedule to end it here. And I think Durant's going to be able to show not only more of his defensive prowess, but what a different look this is for the Suns to just have the real size that I think a few people were looking for from their team post-finals and wanted to see like a, a more true power forward. Like that's, I guess, what Duran is. If you want to, uh, he doesn't have a position, but I guess that would be his. And it's just remarkable to see how much it changes things for them defensively. Yeah, that's kind of where I wanted to go with this next question. We're talking to Kellen Olsen. Um, you know, tonight, tomorrow's game against Chicago, I'm sure there'll be a lot of fun. These are all must-see television or must-listen-to radio at this point. But Dallas in particular on Sunday – Kellen, is a team that looked like at some point in the last 10 months they have figured the Suns out. So how different are the Suns going to look now? Not just, hey, we're so much more talented, but in terms of different looks they can throw at Dallas. I'm guessing slash hoping that anything Dallas thought they had figured out in the playoffs last year or earlier this year is now out the window. I think so, but but at the same time, the way in which these games have unfolded, Game 7 and on, Game 6 and on, honestly, it just kind of seemed like the Mavs were their boogeyman in a certain kind of way. Like, I don't want to be too dramatic about it and act like there's a mental block there. But at the same time, the way that some of these games were going, it was just kind of getting ridiculous on that front. So I do wonder, with some of the key core DNA pieces from both teams leaving, like Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie on their side, and the Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder on this side, Durant and Irving come in, does that change the dynamic at all? I assume that it does, and it becomes more about those two guys facing off than anything, and, and if that's the case, guys, that's tremendous news because I know a lot of Suns fans, especially after the last loss to the Mavericks, were just like, oh, we're toast if we see them in the playoffs. Like that, that was their feeling on it going into it just because of how much it seemed like they had their number, and that's what I'm really curious to see because we know what it looks like when the Suns are just kind of lost in a fog against that team, and if we see that again on Sunday, that'll of course be concerning, but if we don't see it, that'll be a huge, another huge positive of Durant coming here. So, Killer, as you were watching the use of the bench from Monty Williams, did anything surprise you? 
I was happy to see T.J. Warren get out there. I, I liked how Ish Wainwright was able to stick in the rotation, but at the same time, T.J. Warren got some run. It's hard for me to read anything too much into the rotations, Wolf, because Durant was on a minutes restriction. And to go back to what we were talking about earlier with Stagger and such, that'll probably, not probably, it will look different in the playoffs, and that's when it really matters. I know a lot of people are irate about all bench lineups still, but you can't be irate about all bench lineups and then be irate about Chris Paul playing 38 or 40 minutes. You know, it's got to be one or the other. Right now, I think everyone would agree they would prefer to have the minutes at a really great distribution, which is what they were at last night, which is I think everyone played 33 in the starting lineup except for Durant, and he was at 27. We'll see what it looks like with Terrence Ross in the mix, too. I think everyone has been able to kind of read into how the situation unfolded and how he instantly got a role on this team, but he's going to be pretty important off the bench and not having him out there last night. Hopefully he's back out there Friday and we get a better look at what this whole picture looks like. Kellen Olsen, great stuff as always, man. We'll be talking to you a lot here in the next few months, I'm sure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Killer. That's our own Kellen Olson, and certainly, yeah. If you want, if you want a deeper dive on on this stuff, Kellen's stuff is is always great to read. But specifically with stuff like this, where he'll he'll break it down on ArizonaSports.com exactly Man. why it's not just hey, KD can't miss a shot and he's really tall. He'll give you specific reasons and video of why it moves everybody else around. You know, I'm so glad to hear you say that right there because honestly, I don't know if there's anybody else I'd rather talk to than Killer. About the Suns. <laughs> yeah, the only other names that would be Devin Booker or Kevin Durant. That's yeah, about okay. it. Well, no, yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's big picture. <laughs> you, you really built it up. Yeah, and you right. said nobody else. Well, okay. No, but yeah. Kellen, Kellen's been covering this team in detail since they were horrible. So uh, I would assume he's having a pretty so fun time now. Uh, all right. Building off that last question you asked him, did we get a look at how Monty Williams plans to put the pieces together around Kevin Durant last night? We at least got a first look. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Thanks to Kellen Olson for joining us last segment. And Myers Drysdale coming up on the show in a little bit too. We'll get every potential angle we can on that uh, Kevin Durant debut for the Suns last night. Yeah. Um, one of the, the, maybe the biggest story really going forward for this team, the playoffs start in just over six weeks. One of the biggest stories, if not the biggest, is fitting everything together around DeAndre Ayton, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. Now, you have that that four right there that I don't know that any other team has a four quite like that. In fact, I know no other team has a four quite like that. The question is, though, what are you going to do as far as depth around them? Who's going to be your fifth starter? I sure like Josh Akogi in that role. I think we all have kind of agreed on that with the, uh, you know, the caveat that maybe... It doesn't have to be permanent. Maybe certain matchups, Monty will go with somebody different. But for the most part, you're going to go, what, eight, nine deep in the playoffs? That, to me, the next six weeks are about having fun watching this team. But for Monty Williams, he doesn't need to figure out how to use Kevin Durant. He needs to figure out how to put pieces around them. 
They have pieces. Yeah. It's just a matter of how to put them together around them. Yeah, what did you think of last night and how he used the bench last night? We, we've we been asking some of the guests that we've had on so far the same question right there. For me, I know the rotation. This is, this is something going forward that is going to be a work in progress. And Monty Williams has got to figure it out, getting ready for the postseason. Not only winning games now, it has to be a situation where you are trying to win those games now, obviously but also trying to figure out your rotation going into the postseason. That's quite the task. Yeah, um, and, and I know Monty has said in the past he kind of would like to go with 10, maybe 9 players, depending on the situation, but in the playoffs, that seems to get shortened up even a little bit more. Yeah. So before we have this, this conversation, let's throw out the two caveats that Kellen brought up last segment. Um, one, Terrence Ross didn't play last night. He had the right toe soreness, whatever that is. Okay. Don't yes. you have... Five five right toes? Day to day, of course. Yeah, but, I mean, well, either way, right toe soreness. Yeah, okay. And then uh, KD only played 27 minutes. So in the playoffs, KD's going to play a lot more than 27 minutes, and maybe Terrence Ross is part of the equation. I don't know. Um, Akogi, DA, Chris Paul, Devin Booker all played 33 minutes. Yeah. Okay. On the bench, Torrey Craig, Jock Landale, Campaign, and Damian Lee all played exactly 15 minutes. Then you had KD with 27, TJ Warren with 13-ish with eight, Ish Wainwright, not Matt Ishbia. Uh, TJ Warren with 13 is the one that stood out to me because he hadn't been playing. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, can I just uh, back up a little bit right here? Can we keep Josh Akogi in the starting lineup, please? Can we do that? Well, he's like, he's he is the opposite of everybody yes. else, which is why I like it. Just, okay. Listen, this is where I got to settle down and go, man, it was the Charlotte Hornets. Wolf, just back off just a little bit right now. It was the Charlotte Hornets. They're 20 and 44 on the season. Why don't you chill? <laughs> okay, because for me, just I'll tell you why I can't chill. Because this is who Josh Akogi is. We've seen him play enough. He is an effort guy. He is an effort guy. Watching him play, he's playing like it's Final Four. In the NCAA, he's playing like this is it. And guess what? It was a game on a Wednesday night in Charlotte. Well, think about it, though. If you're Josh Akogi, put yourself in that position. It's basically, dude, just play as hard as you can. Just play hard. We don't even care how well you shoot. Just play really, really hard, and you'll probably be the fifth starter on an NBA title favorite. <laughs> Just play hard. He was 0 for 4 from the floor. 0 for 2, of course, from beyond the arc. 0 for 4 from, from the floor. Didn't hurt. And all I thought about the whole time was, every time he got the ball, was he thinking, should I be the one to shoot this ball? Right? <laughs> I did, there, I mean, was, there was definitely a moment where he got the ball. Instead it's like, of just reacting, <laughs> hey, this is an open three. Let me take it. That, that is true. There was a moment I had the exact same thought where he had a clear shot. And I'm like, boy, if I'm Josh Akogi, <laughs> I'm like, am I allowed to shoot this? I got Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to my left and right. Maybe I need to pass it. But uh, no, I mean, he gets to go out there and basically just work really hard, which is what he has done before he even got to Phoenix, that was the thing. He's a good energy guy. He's going to give you 100% every game. That's all he's got to do. Yes. And that you can control. They're not telling Josh Akogi to go out there and be something he isn't. You know, it's so cool out there. And I know KD only played 27 minutes, but uh, here's a guy. He only had one free throw in the game, and that's something that KD typically gets eight. Eight free throw attempts per game is what he's averaging right now. Um Josh Akogi was four for four from the line, got to the line for four 
free throw attempts, and Devin Booker had six. So, I mean, Josh Okogie was number two in terms of yeah. getting to the line, and it's just because his effort is so never say die. He played as many minutes as Devin Booker on and both Chris ends Paul of the floor. And Da, uh, I, I love the fact that he's so disparate. He's different when you watch Josh Okogie playing basketball compared to the other four guys that are out on the floor right now. He stands out. He does on both ends of the floor. And in transition as well. And his hops are just laugh out loud funny. Yeah. It's it's a great setup and and I still I still think it's remarkable. And this will get lost in the shuffle now as it should, but in their last eighteen games, last night was their ninth different starting lineup because of all the different changes they've had oh, to move around. And their thir- wow. thirteen wins in those eighteen games with Not a bunch. Bad. It was basically three different teams in there where they were injured, then they were getting healthy, then they made trades, and then now Kevin Durant. I guess that's basically four different teams. The other thing that stood out last night: Chris Paul did not have a good shooting night. One of eight, zero for four from three, finished with two points, and I didn't even really notice it. Yeah, no, I didn't either. Think about that. And I think Chris was okay. Yeah, I mean, he still had 11 assists, but we've seen it in the playoffs where Chris Paul doesn't have it from from the field or he's just not even taking shots. Well, they're just done. I, that's not going to be the case talk, anymore. I know. That's a great observation by you. When we talk about who benefits the most, ladies and gentlemen, that's a producer question that they ask right here. You've asked every and, guest and that it's question. It's a good one. It's a good one. And it that's is a good one question. Re- it is. Who benefits the most from Kevin Durant being in the Suns lineup? It is a great question because there's a lot of different ways you could go on that. Devin Booker, you got Jay Will out there saying, you know what? Now there's no excuse for him not to rise to the Kobe Bryant level. <laughs> the highest stratosphere in the history of the game. <laughs> no excuses. Get up there. Yeah, that's exactly right. But I think Jay Will was trying to say something that was actually complimentary to D Book. I think he was. No, and I, I do think he's kind of on to something. And I'm not. I'm not going down the path of Devin Booker is going to be Kobe Bryant. But man. Yeah, but but again, <laughs> it opens some doors. Why, why? Because KD is there, and then of course you've got other people saying it's going to be DeAndre Ayton. Are you kidding me? Right now, you've got Chris Paul, who is a facilitator for Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, and now it's going to be everyone guarding the perimeter. And there's Da in the paint. Get him the ball, and suddenly Da is going to benefit the most. Some people say it's Chris Paul who's going to benefit the most because now he's finally going to win a championship. <laughs> okay, I stop. I think Skipping I have my answer. Steps. I think okay. I have my answer. I think it's yes. I think it's it's, it's, it's all, all three. It's, <laughs> in very different ways because Booker, we don't know now what he can potentially do. And it's got to be scary if you're a different team in the Western Conference. My gut tells me it's D.A. because I do think he's going to unlock stuff for D.A. just by being Kevin Durant. And D.A. has has alluded to that. He was alluding to it before they even played together. But the Chris Paul angle is interesting because it does take... It takes pressure off of Chris Paul. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, okay. Yes, it does. He he couldn't score last night, but he did a really good job of distributing the ball all over the court on a team that had never played together. Yes. Scored two points. Two points. Two points. Chris Paul scored two points, and I thought it was excellent. (laughs) It was. Here, here's D.A. after the game talking about how aggressive everybody still has to be. You know, just not not changing up the way we play. You know, staying aggressive and staying on our style of play. Because at the end of the day, everybody, 
every reason that people's opinions are gutter of the way we are is because of the way we play. And if we let up now, we won't be that team that people say we are. So staying aggressive and staying true to our colors is, is the best thing and just having care and joy lessons uh, why we feel so lethal. That's right, D.A. You got to come ready to play every night. Every night, D.A. Remember when you said that, D.A., man? That's Kevin Durant right there. I, I got to come ready to play every... Yes. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> that, I, I, I'm going to just come back to this. I'm going to continue to say it right now. I, I think the person that is going to benefit the most from this, to answer your producer question, which is a good one... That you asked? ...is DeAndre Aiden. That's right. Yeah, I don't... I'm going to say D.A. I, I, I think it's D.A. because it'll be... <laughs> I think it'll be most notable or noticeable with D.A. How's that? I, I really feel like D.A. is about to go on a tear. Yeah. Maybe last night... He, I, and by a tear, I just mean he just does what he did last night consistently. 16 and 16, 16 every night. 16 and 16. All right. But... Bought so out, hands up, good base underneath him. Man, I loved it. I think we're going to see the blocks go the up, too. The intensity was there. I, well, I hope, I should say, we're going to see the blocks go up, too, because you got to get around KD now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be right there for DA. There's so many more angles we can talk about uh, with this. And I got some some good Monty Williams audio that I want to play, but uh, up against the break. So when we come back, we'll come back uh, with all of today's top sports stories in one place. Wolf and Down Your Lunch is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.